Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, and hello, this is a uh, weekly podcast all about... Lo- oh, Rob's looking at... Oh, sorry, did you want an introduction? You were going to... I was going to wait for it this time. I was going to give the blurb and then say it, and you looked so hurt. Let's not change anything. Why change it now? Well, it was to piss you off and right. upset you and hurt your feelings. My name is Alex. My name is Alex. This is Rob. Rob, don't interrupt. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello, listeners. A co-host who can't wait for his introduction. Um, This is a podcast all about local news, strange, banal, funny, sinister, etc, etc, etc. If you just started listening, you'll pick it up pretty quickly. But this is episode 188 now, Rob, and we're ever encroaching towards the episode 200 mark. We're only 12 episodes away now, mate, after this. So hopefully we should hear before Christmas all being well. You keep saying that. Yes, it's not all being well. Unless something happens to either of us, quite oh. substantial, we will hit it. Why the anger? There's, there's a lot of anger here. <laughs> Is it just frustration? September, October, November, December. That's four months, right? So as long as we stick roughly to a week, recording every week, every week and a half, we should, we'll hit 200 before Christmas, yes. Okay. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Rob, do you have anything to say or announce before the beginning of the show? No. Shall I just mention the YouTube channel again for anybody yeah, who doesn't know? Yeah, I think it's worth doing, yeah. We will talk about all our various media platforms later, but please, if you haven't done it yet, go and check out the YouTube channel. All you've got to do is go into YouTube on any device and stick in lapodcast.net, and you'll see our logo come up straight away, and if you click on it, you'll, get, you'll see four videos there. They're all bite-sized. They're all of really good stories. They're very lovingly crafted, and they're brilliant, and we want you to watch them, hit subscribe, which is easy to do, leave a comment if you like, but more than that, share them with your friends. We want to spread the word on these videos, because, uh, yeah... I mean, Alex has taken a long time to create these, and they are, they are... Thanks, Rob. I have to say, no, I'll give you credit here, because, you know, it doesn't have But this sounds like begrudging credit. Yeah, well, you know, most of these I do this podcast are. But, uh, no, they're very well crafted, and <laughs> Thank I think you, Rob. you deserve some credit for that. Thank you. That's not a reason to watch it. He it's paid like, me to say it. I don't need praise, I just think people will enjoy them. No, of course. And if you like them, and we get lots of views, we'll make more. So, you know, there's a... There's an incentive right there. Now, Rob, to kick us off, I don't actually have a local story. I've just got to share this with you. It's absolutely brilliant. Right. Uh, a friend of my family's who was visiting them down in Dorset, he lives in London, and he brought with him this card that he'd found on the tube, this business card that he'd found, right? Okay. It's not one of ours, don't worry. Um, and uh, my dad emailed it to me, and he said, I'm sure you see these all the time, but I just thought I'd send it to you anyone. Anyway. And, and I wrote back and said, no, I've, I've never seen this. Rob, this is one of the most brilliant things I've, we've ever featured on the podcast. So this is a business card somebody found on the tube. I'm going to read it out to you. Okay. It's, it's quite extensive. Okay. Professor Kajali, international renowned spiritual healer and advisor, clairvoyant with spiritual power of my ancestral master spirit. That's his uh, job title. That's long. Okay. I can help you with... Bringing back loved ones, domestic issues, family problems, depression, substance abuse, addiction, losing weight, impotency, infertility, immigration, particularly enjoyed that, court cases, breaking black magic, jinx, demonic forces, antisocial behaviour in people, good luck. (laughs) Sorry. Success in business. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear that? Success in business. Yeah. Exams. Career spiritual guidance. That's all one phrase. Stress. Job interview. And marriage, etc. <laughs> <laughs> What's marriage, etc.? I don't know, but I love the fact he's put etc. on the end there, because that is a fucking long list. He's covered kind of everything. Is there anything else you could possibly need him for? I mean, he literally covers all bases. Wait a minute, he's got another slogan underneath. Oh. It's in capital letters. Your pain is my responsibility. <laughs> 
Underneath that, there's another tagline. It says, quick results, 100% guaranteed. And uh, after that, it says, in capital letters, one minute walk from Upton Park Station. And if anybody would like to contact Professor Kajali, you can call him on 0208 471 1665 or on, as I like, he's put T-Mobile, colon. So he's not just put mobile number, but T-Mobile. Uh, this isn't the number it shows for, that he stands out for the crowd. Yeah, this isn't the number for T-Mobile. This is the number for this man's mobile phone. 07506 854492. Here is a picture of Professor Kajali's business card. Quick results, 100% guaranteed. Yeah. How has he measured that? Probably says in the back, no refunds. See, there's a part of me that really wants to call that number. Oh, that'd be great to do live on the podcast, wouldn't it? We call him and we say we're having real problems with, um, with uh, jinx. Then what we should say is we should infertility, even... impotency. I think what we should say is right. If we did call him, don't say we said we want our podcast to be a success. A friend has recommended us uh, your number, right? Recommend your services, and we've got a few problems that include uh, bringing back loved ones, domestic issues, family problems, depression, substance misuse, addiction, losing weight, impotency, inf- infertility, immigration. How is he helping with immigration? He'll turn up in court. <laughs> Would you want this man next, in court? The with next you? one is court cases. Also, breaking black magic. And also, jinx? Yeah. Surely a jinx is, what, is when two people say the same thing at the same time. No, a jinx is something you can put on somebody, Robert. Oh, like a hex? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, right. I like he can help you with good luck. Yeah, I mean, it's good to know. And obviously help your exams. Maybe he's like a tutor in that respect. I really hope he's like that guy out of those shorts that Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer does and he pronounces good luck, good ruck. <laughs> anyway... So there's that, Rob. Can I also say, you, you did, I should have remembered this, but um, just a quick shout out to Face the Strange, who continues to post our pictures around the country. Uh, around the country or around his local area? No, around the country. Have Where you got some pictures? Uh, yes, he's, he, cause he tagged me on Instagram and I keep forgetting because he's, he's obviously tagging me on my personal account. Um, and you are thanking him? Of course I am, yeah, because it's obviously very much appreciated. This is amazing, Face the Strange. Absolutely amazing that you're, you're doing this for us. Find picture. Um, I could have gone through his account, actually. That might be a lot easier. But yeah, he, so wherever he is, he's obviously taking these, um, these pictures with him. And now, where's there is? So he's basically putting fly posts, fly, what are they call fly posters up. Uh, yeah, so this, he, he was obviously... Um, I wonder if he was at Notting Hill Carnival and put some up there. That would have been a good idea. Apparently went to a thing called the Annual Paint Jam in Kidderminster, um, which is um, Worcestershire, I think. So, and there's... Isn't this some absolutely amazing? Wow. Wow. So, and the stickers are really good. They look great as well. And also, can I say, the graffiti around there is just incredible. Uh, they probably are, yeah. I'm just trying to remember. He, no, that's fine. I get the idea. But are you posting them on Facebook as well? That would be a good idea if you repost post them. Facebook, yeah, repost them on Facebook. Yeah. There. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. I, I've already seen them, Will, and that one just looks great. And his, uh, the other stuff he does, that, some of those are his ones, right? I assume so, yeah. They're amazing. Very talented. Post them on Facebook, Rob. Yes, I think that would look do. really nice on a wall, if yeah. that's how it works. I'm not entirely sure. Um, right, Rob, let me kick us off with a story. Lovely, okay. New shopper, three days ago, for the fastidious amongst you were, recording on the 30th of August. Um, is, is there 31 days in August? Yes, yes there, there are. are yeah. um, and the, uh, just a quick question, just wanted to know. Um, and the uh, it's journalist... Nice, it's nice fact. Yeah, yeah, nice, good fact. Yeah. And the journalist is Helen Corbett... And uh, the headline is, Lewisham UFO researcher seeks help identifying mothership spotted heading towards southeast London. He should call Dr. Professor Kangali. No, I thought you meant our mate who saw the midget in the parker. Or him. Yeah. A UFO buff from Lewisham who spotted flying objects heading towards the Thames Barrier is hoping like-minded skygazers can help him figure out what he saw on the horizon. 
Andrew Burlington, 40, of Cliffview Road, was on a family outing on August the 12th. I like the phrase family outing. On August the 12th, when he saw what he believes could have been a fleet of UFOs heading towards Charlton. <laughs> yeah, that's the episode title, is it? A fleet of UFOs heading towards Charlton. That is an absolute blinder. Yeah, it really is. You were going to ask something, Rob? No, I was going to ask. So he was out on a family outing. Was this at night he saw this? Well, let's get on to it. His two young nephews were with him at the time, but unfortunately his parents, Les and Sandra Bellington, 70 and 69, were off buying a parking ticket. (laughs) The computer technician told New Shopper, we thought the objects were balloons at first because they were spherical and had some small objects hanging from them, but they were soon out of sight and the last objects in the fleet appeared to lose altitude and flash a few times before slowly turning invisible. Is this not possibly Chinese lanterns? Well, Chinese lanterns that turn invisible, Rob. No, 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 they do turn invisible. Once, once they, they've run out of the fuel, they turn invisible. No, they because they go it. out. The fact that a long, anomalous object shoots across the sky at the start of his video may well indicate a UFO mothership was above the Thames barrier, releasing smaller UFOs, he says. <laughs> I quite like a long, anomalous object shooting across the sky. is also good. Um, spotting otherworldly beings in the sky is nothing new to hobby UFO researcher oh, Andrew. In 2013, he released a series of videos under the name of Victor Nevada on a, huge, on a YouTube channel, offering a new insight into an alien interview, which has long been the subject of debate over whether it's real or a hoax. But the experience was the first for nephews Ewan, 11, and Finley, 8. Andrew said, my nephews couldn't believe it. I'm glad they witnessed it with me, even though they're children. Don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> They'd heard me talk about my UFO sightings in the past and probably thought I was pulling their legs. Or just a nutter. Mr. Burlington managed to capture some video of the phenomenon with his digital camera, and when he slowed down the footage, he spotted a different type of object moving very quickly. He said, I don't know if it's a long insect or a cigar-shaped UFO whizzing by. I just don't know what it is. There's also a smaller, darker object moving around in all directions of the compass of the start of the video. There's a possibility it could be a bird, but then it could be a black triangular or V-shaped UFO, like an object I saw over Lewisham in May 2014. I don't want to break this man, but so he's a computer technician. Yeah. Uh, is there any indication that he lives at home with his parents? Uh, I don't and know. maybe wishing for a more, I don't know, fanciful life in any way? Mr Burlington hopes more witnesses will come forward to help him find out more about what he saw. He said, being so close to City Airport, I'm wondering if the anomalous objects were picked up on radar. Or was a plane. Would you like to see a picture you can describe for the listener? This is what Andrew believes could be the mothership. Describe Are it. Are you taking the piss? What, what? What? I mean... It could be anything. It could be a slug on the lens. Yeah. Alex, all I've got is a pixelated... A picture... A picture... I pixelated. Say, pixelated, thank you. Yeah. Picture of a black smudge. Yeah. He says... Being a... Th- but listen, Rob, before you... Uh, before you... Also, what camera was he using to take that picture? Yeah, but it's obviously very zoomed in. Listen... Being a sky watcher in an urban area, he says, I'm familiar with just about all... Can I also say sky watcher in an urban area is a very good episode. There are quite a few in here. (laughs) I'm familiar with just about all types of conventional aircraft and balloons, which I also quite like. Sky watcher in an urban area, familiar... Well, anyway. (laughs) If the objects are merely balloons, then what caused them to fade and vanish into thin air? They were popped. They were Chinese lanterns. Or they popped. Yeah. The UFO sighting is one of many I've experienced over the last two and a half years, and it's just one piece of the jigsaw puzzle that is... Ufology. What? Just one piece of the jigsaw puzzle that is ufology? Good episode title. London City Airport declined to comment, telling you shopper the air traffic controller at the airport is outsourced to NATS. 
NATS did not respond to new shoppers' requests for comment on whether they picked up the unidentified objects on their radar system. Imagine they've got better things to do than reply to the yeah, new shopper. Yeah, I suspect that might be the case. Um, just a, uh, one comment, I think. The Professionals, 1970, says, Sounds like a mother load of bull to me. And he must be high on crack or methadone or both. Lol. Nice. Aliens ask you what crap next day. Probably a pizza tray or flying in the air. Lol. Or a blown up condom. Lol. I suppose you will say Theresa May is an alien. Give me a break. Ha 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 ha. Lol. Again, <laughs> does it say what time of day this was? No. And that's the best picture he took. Apparently so. There's a video somewhere I think for anybody who wants to uh, wants to watch it. Um, I, can't, I, I do quite want to watch that video. Anyway, Rob, before we uh, before I go, I've just got two short stories, both about poo. Great. Okay. Uh, I think they're both from the new shopper. One's by Jess Clark three days ago. Woolwich drug dealer caught after pooing himself and revealing thousands of pounds worth of heroin. <laughs> yeah, well, it happens. A Woolwich man was caught with thousands of pounds worth of drugs after he pooed himself in hospital and revealed he had heroin hidden up his bum. I really would have loved new shop and respected them forever. If instead of the word poo, they'd use the word shat. <laughs> 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 He sharted everyone. Yeah. Toby Brown, 19, of Hardinge Crescent, pleaded guilty of possession with intent to supply a Class A drug at Bexley Magistrates Court on August 25th. He was arrested on suspicion of possession of a controlled drug the the day before and was referred to hospital where he pooed himself whilst waiting for an X-ray and revealed 20 to 40 grams worth of drugs. The estimated value is £5,000, but could be as high as £7,500. Hang on. So he's waiting for an X-ray and then shits himself. himself? Yeah. I suppose, I suppose if you have that much yeah. he's putting class pressure on. crime that you wrecked that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, he's putting pressure on his bowel. Yeah. Police Constable David Payne from Greenwich's Boroughs, from Greenwich Borough's Gangs Unit said, The designated estates team and gangs unit in Greenwich constantly work night and day to rid the streets of those who engage in preying, vulnerable, preying on the vulnerable, supplying Class A drugs within the borough. Brown is hopefully facing a significant prison sentence for concealing a substantial amount of heroin that he would have dealt. He continues to say... It shows he's got a sense of humour, this man. He says, he, he tried to avoid detection by hiding it internally, but it didn't work. And the court result proves we will get our hands dirty to ensure this type of activity stops. Very nice. Yeah, this is a clear and strong message to others who choose to live this lifestyle that they can be caught. Um, I mean, he wasn't really caught, was he? He just shit himself and you, and then suddenly someone noticed he had heroin up his ass. Yep. Um, BT guy says, he shat himself. Ha! Is this the same guy as before? <laughs> Uh, 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 um, the professionals 1970 who did comment on the last story say I do say that shit can come out of people's proverbial I guess I was right lol he looks like a right skank looks like he's been injecting his face instead nasty that he ha- or that or he had a row with a steam iron still <laughs> good the golden goose laid the golden egg in time hopefully he'll be sent down for a long time for his behaviour and actions but I have a feeling he'll do it again more needs to be done to tackle these scumbag dealers head on I'm assuming that he was going to have the x-ray to see whether he did actually have anything secreted on his person. Yes. I don't know. Can I just say that Bobber Job 78 replies to the professional with a brilliant comment. He says, you're not a cop from a 70s TV show. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> Fair enough. And the professional 1970 replies and says, no, I'm not. No, hang on. No, I'm not. I know that. And you don't know nothing about me or my fucking personal business. But you're a Johnny come lately. I know that, lol. Not that, it's not, not that it's any of your business or concern, but I will tell you why I feel the way I do about these fucking dirty, disgusting scumbags. Having been stabbed in the back of my right leg in my thigh by a drug dealer getting my brother free of fucking drugs because he's still flesh and blood because he's still my brother and he's still family regardless. I don't care what other fucking people think. Of course I'm not going to be very blatant and not lenient with these scumbags. Who wouldn't be? Would you be? No, I am proud of being stabbed, thank you. If anything... 
I don't still want anyone touching or near the area of my leg where I got stabbed. I still feel the pain there from time to time. It twitches. And I'm still very fucking pissed off about it, even though it happened five years ago now. It's totally my fault. Do you know even... Rob. (laughs) I think this is to you. Do you even know what it feels like to have a fucking blade inside you? Do you know what the pain feels like? No, you probably fucking don't, do you? So next time judge someone who you don't know from Adam or walked a very long mile in their shoes and mind what you say, bruv. Okay. Why did you read that comment out? <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. I mean, he does get involved in another uh, um, another argument with somebody else where he, he makes comments like, um, um, I don't usually post my personal business in articles. If some posted on here want to protect the scumbags who destroy communities and people's lives, then good luck to you. I don't like people who use drugs, druggies or drug dealers. To me, they're scum of the earth. And our family have been affected by these low-life knobs. If that makes me a target, so be it. If that makes me wrong in some way, be it. I don't give a monkeys about people who condone these low-life assholes, but don't try and bring me down with your bullshit. So if you yourself want to protect these fuckhead shitheads, I don't know it start out, then on your bike, I don't want to know... And continues in that. I think thou dost protest too much. When he says he doesn't give a shit about these people, you obviously do. I think he might give a shit, yeah. These, the, I, the Freshman's 1970s is slowly proving to be a classic commenter. I think we've had quite a few from him recently. They're just rants. Although he's starting to use full stops, because I don't think he was before. That's a shame. Um, and last story. Not Well, I think it was yesterday, Helen Corbett. Massive pile of horse poo ignites and starts Crittles Corner Stable Yard fire in Footscray. Fucking hell. <laughs> right, okay. How much shit could catch on fire? A 15-ton pile of horse manure... 15 tons? Yes, is thought to have spontaneously combusted and sparked a stable yard blaze in Footscray on Saturday. Spontaneously combusted? I was, I was confused. So, hang, a 15-ton pile of horse manure spontaneously combusting? Anyway, passers-by initially thought the SIGCUP branch of the B&Q DIY store was ablaze, with pictures showing plumes of smoke appearing to come from the building. But it was actually a fire at Crittles Corner Stables and Horse Paddock, which investigators think was started by a pile of poo that burst into flames. The brigade's fire investigators believe the pile of manure self-heated, causing a fire which then spread to part of the stable yard. To be can, fair, can, can, can a, can, sorry, can a pile of dung spontaneously combust? Well, I suppose if you think about it, it's been the temperatures have been quite hot, so maybe maybe it possibly could. I don't know. The fire damaged a horse trailer, 15 tonnes of manure and 2 tonnes of tyres. There were no reports of any injuries to people or horses. The brigade was called at 6.09pm and the fire was under control two Sorry, hours later. Was this a stables or a junkyard? I don't know. But... Two tonnes of tyres? Yeah. Good, I love this phrase. The fire damaged the horse trailer, 15 tonnes of manure. So this 15 tonnes of manure were damaged <laughs> as, a, as a result. Well, what? I mean, I do believe that horse manure is actually very good for people's gardens. Uh, it's, good, it's, good manure, it's good manure. Right. Um, well, the professional's 1970 doesn't, oh, doesn't leave a long rant, just leaves one sentence. He says, too much methane equals too much gas build-up equals disaster, lol. But it must smell like hell around there now. And uh, Dillsmith, 1975, says, well, that's a bit shitty. And what better way, Rob, <laughs> what better way, Rob, to end the opening segment of this podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. Now, I hope I haven't overinflated the story. But, uh, Overinflated? Yeah. Right. I mean, I suppose if I'm doing a pun, I should really get... Is this a story about a blow-up doll or something? Yeah. Right. So it's from the Essex Live website. It's, it's from the 23rd of August by Rich Brown 3193 That's that's, that's a journalist's name. <laughs> right. Are there that many Rich Browns working at the Essex on? It's a, it's a big... We've paper, had 3,100 of these before, you boy. Just don't know take talking, your name don't know what talking about. <laughs> So, <laughs> stranded uh, Shenfield sex doll was a result of a fake Hindu. 
Hey. Sorry, that, that, that <coughs> Stranded Something Something Sex Doll is a good episode title. Oh, a Stranded Shenfield Sex Doll? Yeah, yeah. I just like the phrase Stranded Sex Doll. Yeah. <laughs> a cancelled wedding and a boozy fake hen party led to an inflatable doll named Ivor uh, being dumped at a bus stop in Shenfield. Isn't a boozy council something and a fake hen night a good episode title? A, cancel, a cancelled wedding and a boozy fake hen night. A, a cancelled wedding and a boozy fake hen night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is a fake hen night? Well, it's a hen night that's fake. Fake. Why would you fake a hen night? You'll well, find out one. So Katie Lesser is due to get married next month. But after deciding to call off the big day, hmm. her and 11 friends decide to make the most of their already booked weekend away in the Cotswolds with Ivor in tow. Who's Ivor? The sex doll. Oh, right. So it's a male sex doll. Yeah, yeah, Katie. It's obviously a male. No, 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 no. You can, well, she could be lesbian. Yeah, the true. Yeah, no. So the, 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 you, can you get blow up male, male sex dolls? Can yeah. You? I didn't know that, right? Yeah. You can have a picture. It does actually say on the article, uh, obviously, um, explicit images, because he, he is obviously a male sex doll, and he has inflatable genitalia. Rob, do you remember that story? Because it just suddenly brings it back about the man, the man who went on that stag do, whose who mates all stuck pubes all over his face. The oh yes, pubes, of course. That would make a good video. That was it horrific. Would make a great. That video. was absolutely horrific. Anyway, gone. And also, they weren't friends. They they no, literally no. just they assaulted him. They assaulted him on a train platform. Yeah. The boto wearing doll made an impact with commuters at Shenfield bus stop on Hutton, uh, Hutton Road when they came face to face with him after girls left him there after their return to Essex on Monday. So they just dumped him at a bus stop. It's antisocial behaviour, that is. Yeah. That, uh, that bloke of mine might have mistaken it for a UFO or an alien. Yeah, that's true. He might have taken a picture of his penis and said <laughs> it was flying in the air. Katie, 25, from Grover's Field in Kelton uh, Kelton Hatch said, It just didn't work out between me and my fiancé, and we didn't want to go any further. The head had been booked for over a year, so I thought, what's the point in cancelling it? We it wasn't all... really fake then, was it? It was just a... It was a Hindu, basically. No, the but, end it, of, but, but without a wedding on the end of it. I mean, it doesn't say anything about what actually happened between her and her fiancé, but the story concentrates on the sex stuff. Can I ask you a question, Rob? Why is it called a Hindu and a stag night? I don't see many hens and stags together. Why isn't it called cock night and hen night? <laughs> well, if it's gonna be, oh, that makes more sense, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I thought mm. you were going to be a bit more crude than that, but uh, I'm glad you weren't. What did you think I was going to say? Cock night and... No, 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 no. Maybe no. a night. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I was going with that. We all lead our separate lives. It's difficult, to, uh, it's difficult to all get together and spend time with each other. So we decided to go ahead with the trip. It was the best weekend ever. We managed to, to cause some carnage. So wouldn't she be upset about her, you know, broken off wedding? You, you know, Apparently bit, not. No, right. she seemed quite happy. Right. Uh, and this, despite the weekend not going completely to plan, I've approved a hit, becoming the life and soul of the party. Aye. Everything that could have gone wrong did. The showers yeah. were cold, the jacuzzi and pour didn't work, and the kettle took 45 minutes to boil. But it was still a great weekend. Right. Um, we just drinking a lot, and Ivor definitely made the party. Despite leaving the house once and prompting quite a, a, a lot of strange looks, Ivor, whose full name is Ivor Biggin, was, yeah. was dressed up and danced with the three-day uh, and danced with the and danced with during the three-day trip, even wearing Katie's mum's anorak. Anorak. Where was this again? Uh, this well, it's in the Cotswolds, actually. Oh right, they're, at least it wasn't, at least it wasn't abroad. But um, the, so they're ruining the the, the 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 lives of the local residents on their little trip, are they? I do look. Yeah, yeah, basically. Can so, I see a picture of Ivor? Right. And so it's a very sort of fake, muscly. That's right. That's quite a large. Um, 
memory has well, got. Well, what do you have put just beneath the picture? Either big and may or may not be anatomically correct. Well, so I mean, I mean, I don't know how that. That's a good frame of reference, I suppose. But uh... right, um, so. it's very disturbing. That there's a very pink man with yes. fake muscles and a and a large cock. She just concludes the story by saying, "I don't really want to take him home, to be honest, but I did. We put him in the minibus. There's no there's no room for him. There was no room left for him in the taxi, so I thought we'd just drop him off at the bus stop. I didn't think of anything of it, but it's had a good reaction. What was the good reaction? Well, people find it funny. There's a, there's a inflatable doll at a bus stop. Well, where's the proof they found it funny? Uh, I think she just made it up. Right. What happened to him then? I don't know. It doesn't say. <laughs> so he's just he might wandering. Still, he's still waiting for a bus, basically. <laughs> now, would you like to do another story? Shall I wait, to wait until yeah, later? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. Okay. So the Essex Live, yes again. Uh, it's from the same day, actually. August 23rd. Uh, the story is by Libby McBride 1. So she was also the first or <laughs> this possibly is, second. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. He looks completely unprofessional. <laughs> well, it does if you're, if you're 3,193. Well, no, what I mean is when the ITV News, News at 10 used to be presented, Trevor McDonald didn't come on and say, Hi, I'm Trevor McDonald 258. It's good Trevor McDonald impersonator. No, it wasn't. It's gone now. It does, it does sound... It was good at the beginning. Yeah, it, did, it started well. Um, although, if, I suppose if he did it, it would sound like he may have been a clone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just been replaced. They kept cloning me. So, headline. Essex dad makes toast sculptures every day for daughter with allergies. Toad? Toast. Toast sculptures toast. every day for daughter with allergies. What the fuck is this story about? That sounds like a day-to-day headline. Yes, I know. An Essex man has sorted to build in sculptures out of toast... In a bid to help his daughter, who has severe allergies, enjoying her breakfast. Eh? Adam Perry, who lives in Leon C, has created the London Eye, the Statue of Liberty, and even Hussein... Uh, uh, Hussein, Hussein Bolt. Thank you. Please tell me there are uh, pictures of these creations. Yes, there are. Oh, yeah. thank God for yeah. that. He uses scalpels across the shapes and posts photographs... Sorry, say that again. He uses... A scalpel. As? To craft the, the shapes. Out to, of the toast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and posts photographs of each design... On his Instagram account. How does this help his daughter with her allergies? Well, can't we, he I'm know. assuming she doesn't have a bread allergy, because otherwise that would seem a bit insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> Eat here's your every- sculpture. <laughs> here's everything you could Daddy, be eating. I, I don't want to. It makes you feel ill. Eat it. I've made it. <laughs> I've got two daughters. One is 13 and one is nine years old. Irrelevant. <laughs> the youngest Scarlet has severe allergies to a lot of stuff, like dairy eggs, nuts, and, she- and, and shellfish, explained the 46-year-old. Not many people eat shellfish for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. We have to check the back of a packet and we can't even go to restaurants. Her meals are really boring because she basically can only eat white bread with a certain brand of spread. Wow. Back in April this year, I made the London Eye out of toast and it made her smile. She played with it and she ate it. <laughs> yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah. So I said, I'll make something for you every day. Adam set up the Instagram account. Does this man work? <laughs> I don't know, he doesn't say... Um, he set up the Instagram account if you want to follow him it's two slices of toast that's good and that's shares good. a new creation every day he continued I started the, the Instagram account I would have called it the best the, the best thing since sliced bread oh that's good mm. I would have called it toast the town very good thanks um, I started the Instagram account and before the end of the day I had 500 followers what the fuck I don't, I've only got 600 I've been on the anyway man. the design's got bigger and bigger and more outlandish and it's getting quite a lot of interest. The other day, I did a dolphin. <laughs> what? <Is> that, sorry? <laughs> That's what he says. The other day, I did a dolphin. You didn't do a male sex doll, did he? <laughs> left it at a bus stop. Yeah, left it at a bus stop. Uh, which someone requested because her son had passed away. 
Sorry, they did a dolphin because somebody had passed away. It's like, I must have missed that. So the other day I did a dolphin, which someone had requested because a son had passed away. So their son had passed away and they said, can you make me a bread sculpture to look like a dolphin? Yeah, could you make me a dolphin out of some toast, please? Um, I think this person was, was caught in the, the, the throes of grief and Possibly. wasn't thinking correctly. That was very sad. I did it really early in the morning. It came out really can well. Can you imagine this man have gone down well? Crying while making this dolphin... Sculpture out of toast. I need to see a picture of the sculpture. Okay, well, uh, so I have we, no idea what you're talking about. So we have what looks like the Golden Gate Bridge. We have the dolphin. Uh, we have... Um, like, the Golden Gate Bridge. Are you talking about... Oh my God, they're quite good. The dolphin really does... Look, how did he... How have he done it? How I mean, it's actually quite impressive. A lot of this looks like he's used baguettes of the kind that's over there. I mean, it is toast, so it does have some rigidity to it. Shut up, Rob. Yeah. I can't have the gay shit at the bottom of the page. Fucking hell. They're bl- okay, they're not shit. I thought I was hoping they'd be really shit, but they're very intricate. The man's got talent. I think it deserves some credit. And I can kind of understand why he has that many followers. But that, I'm not sure. What, why is that dolphin going to help her with her grieving son? Uh, sorry, her dead son. It, that's a good question. Unless it was a mother dolphin that asked him to do it. That makes sense. Nah, how's that going to happen? She can't use a keyboard. Since the Statue of Liberty piece was packed up by, uh, sorry, picked up by the news outside uh, a news outlet in New York, drummer, oh, he's a drummer, uh, Adam has been the centre of a media storm. Some uh, something he's used to. No, it's not. You think he's a drummer, or is it drummer as in a military title, drummer? Uh, yeah, it doesn't say. Right. So we don't know. He could be army, or he could be band. Something he used to. Use, it could be both. Who knows? I mean, this man's making sculptures out of bread, so let's face it, he's clearly unemployed. Um, after decades touring with the re- alternative rock band A, and more recently, the Bloodhound Gang. He said, being in a band for a long time, it used to press calls, but the last few days have been the same. I've been doing interviews with the BBC and, t- and, and ITV. Everyone seems to ha- have an angle. It's, it's, uh, as I've, I've had some great comments from parents. I'm going to do a book at the end of the year. A book about making toast sculptures? Yeah. What's going to be a short book? What's the book going to what's the, what's the book going to be about? My journey to making what's it going to, what I don't understand. It's about his transition from being from being a drummer in some of the you know arguably some really quite famous bands <laughs> to this very sad individual making toast for his daughter with alleged allergies, who seems to be forgotten. Does it in the say story. what the book's going to be called and when know. it's going to come out? Toast of the time. <laughs> toast of the toast of the town, or uh, the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, could, we should get in contact and recommend those and then try and see if we can get a, a cut of the profits. Agreed. A slice of the profits, even. Very nice. Okay, Rob, it is a local... Sorry, I'm still reeling from the last uh, peculiar... So it's, it sounds like something out of a... That, that really was a day-to-day type story. Um, it's the welcome return, Rob, of General Anaesthetic. A general anaesthetic, for anybody who doesn't know, is where I cover more national news stories of a political bent. I've got, so I've got a few. I've got kind of a spattering, Rob. Okay. The first thing I want to say is I just want to make a point. You will have no doubt heard, Rob, about the, um, the very strange story that all came out about Jeremy Corbyn on this train. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, it might have been longer than that, Jeremy Corbyn was on a train that he said was packed. He was trying to make a point about packed commuter trains. And, yeah. And he had a picture of him taken 
and a video of him sitting on the, the train floor just reading his paper and he and you know looking like a man of the people and then virgin released this cctv showing that actually the train had lots of seats on it and then his camps hit back and said well actually no there weren't lots of seats and it's gone gone back and to and fro but virgin then came is then transpired that virgin broke their own code of ethics or their own data protection policy by releasing that cctv yeah is that your understanding of it all yeah all I would say is, you will know, Rob, that one of the chief things that's labelled at Corbyn and his chief ally and right-hand man, John McDonald, is that there's this bullying culture going on and, and, a, and a campaign of intimidation and everything. All I'll say is this, right, Rob, and which is described for the listener. I think this proves you don't fuck with Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> Describe for the listener. Well, it's uh, Richard... Branson in a head brace. <laughs> With <laughs> blood brace. all over his face. Yeah, uh, read it out. Daily Mirror. I'm amazed I didn't die in a horrible crash. Yeah. And horrible this, crash. This happened only a few days after that CCTV was released. Alex, this was on his private island, I believe, in the Caribbean. But the, 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 and the te- as we all know, Jeremy Corbyn doesn't leave the UK. No, but the, but the tentacles, Rob, spread everywhere. They're like spectre. You're right. Yeah, it was John McDonald, wasn't it? <laughs> Don't you love the idea that they did this hit job on him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... I, I Remember, they've got friends everywhere, Hamas, etc., etc. Yeah, that's true. I haven't actually associated the two things, but now you think about it, it's a possibility. Yeah, I agree. Now, on to other stories. Let's just talk about, because we've all forgotten them now, and I don't think we should have. Because I don't think the Tories! Should, yeah, the Tories. Oh, I don't think we should let them off with anything. <coughs> who, who have we forgotten? We've forgotten particularly Cameron and Osborne. Now, we might all be pleased to have seen them go. I'm sure you've heard of both of these, but let's just start with George Osborne. What's George Osborne been up to since? He's been, uh, where was he? He was okay. shooting a machine gun. George yeah. Osborne spotted firing machine gun on holiday at Vietnam. That's right, yeah. Thus proving our, our, our argument of him being a sociopath. Yep. 19th of August from The Guardian, Damien Gale. He was once tipped as an ex-prime-minister, but now George Osborne has been reduced to venting his frustration by firing a machine gun in the jungles of Vietnam. <laughs> And, of course, the tabloids went with Rambo with his head superimposed. Footage shot by tourists shows the former chance of the Exchequer firing the weapon believed to be an M60 light machine gun with the help of tour guides at former Viet Cong base near Ho Chi Minh City. It's a rare sighting of Osborne, who stayed out of the public eye since being sacked from the cabinet when Theresa May succeeded David Cameron as Prime Minister after the EU referendum. The Daily Mirror obtained the photos and videos of Osborne and his two children in Vietnam. One witness told the paper he really let rip, we're all having a bit of a laugh about it, that he was aiming a picture of Boris Johnson, aiming at a picture of Boris Johnson or Theresa May. A second tourist described how Osborne had queued up to buy bullets, costing about £1 each, before heading for the largest machine gun available at the shooting range. His son went down with him, but when I went down with our kids, we were actually told they weren't supposed to go down to the range, the tourist said. Also preferential treatment. Osborne and his children were seen at the the Chu Chi Tunnels, a network of tunnels surrounding Ho Chi Minh City that is a part part tourist attraction and part memorial to the communist Viet Cong insurgents who fought against American occupation during the Vietnam War. According to Lonely Planet, the place is one of pilgrimage for Vietnamese schoolchildren and Communist Party... Uh, cadres, cadres, yeah, cadres, making it an, an unlikely destination for a man seen by some of the most radically right-wing finance minister in British history. Can I just say the most radically right-wing finance minister in British history is a good episode title. I do love how that's it's just about keeping that in context. They are talking about the Viet Cong as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The extensive network of tunnels, which at its height stretched from what is known, what was then known as Saigon, to the Cambodian border, were used by the Viet Cong fighters as hiding places, weapon caches, and even field hospitals and living quarters. U.S. commanders responded to the threat with chemical weapons such as gas and napalm, carpet bombing and defoliation with the notorious herbicide Agent Orange. I think there's a very good episode title in there, but I'm not sure we want to use it. (laughs) 
now the site is preserved as a war memorial by the government of Vietnam. So what the fuck was Osborne doing there firing off machine guns? Was he trying to kill any la- any remaining... Uh, do you think he was there finishing the job? Let's face it. I mean, Osborne would love his own private army. It wouldn't surprise me. Because, I mean, there's, there's obviously... There's been a lot of people who've, who've, who've said that they're apparently there. Is it... I can never remember it's the Japanese or the Viet Cong. Apparently, they still believe they're, they're involved in, in active conflict. I wouldn't surprise me if he's actually gone out there looking for them so he can start his own private army. Can you imagine? You retur- you saying he returns to England with these vigilante ex-Viet Cong. What, and, he ta- and, he, and he takes that coup. It's a coup. What a brilliant idea, Rob. Completely crazy. What a brilliant idea. He takes out Theresa May. And what, he's just got him in a cabinet of, of Viet Cong. <laughs> Yeah, and he's blooded from war. Literally, I think he would walk in, literally covered in the blood of his enemies. Brilliant. And just sits down and then literally just starts a cabinet meeting. I love it, Rob. Um, so what's Cameron? Let's talk about Cameron. Because Cameron, according to The Guardian, or the Press Association, which reported in The Guardian, 30th, 30th of August, no journalist did. I do want to read this. Cameron gave pay rise of 24% to some special advisors before resignation. Did you know this? No. Right, you'll love this. David Cameron gave some of his... Because this is... This, if anybody ever thought, you know what, Cameron, he's a decent chap. If you want to see, this this is it. And to me, he should be... He should be there should be some charges for this. Just listen to this. David Cameron gave some of his special advisors bumper pay rises just months before they were given <laughs> generous severance packages, it's been reported. The former Prime Minister upped the salary of some of his advisors by as much as £18,000 or up to 24%, according to an analysis by Civil Service World. The double-digit hikes were ordered despite pay rises being capped at 1% across the public sector. I was about to say, that was how much my pay rise was last year. Trade unions and taxpayer groups said the increases were shameful at a time when government departments have faced cuts. Dave Penman, General Secretary of the FDA Union, which represents senior officials, told Civil Service World it would seem hypocrisy knows no bounds from a Prime Minister who preached pay restraint and austerity to public servants and to the public, and the public, while at the same time awarding double-digit pay rises to his special advisers, the very same special advisers who received enhanced redundancy terms from the outgoing Prime Minister, and they also received pay rises of up to 24% in one year. This information came to light just a month after it emerged that Cameron overruled strongly worded civil service advice and boosted the severance pay he gave his special advisors. He ignored concerns raised by Civil Service Chief Executive John Manzoni to hand his staff an extra £282,000. Sorry, why haven't we... I, I haven't heard about this story. And also, why has this not been in the news? Well, it is. It's on The Guardian. Seven out of ten of the Downing Street advisors reappointed... You should write. It should be headline news, like on mm. ITV Sky. Seven out of ten of the Downing Street advisors reappointed after last year's general election, and who therefore became entitled to bigger severance packages, received pay rises of up to 24% in 2015. This far outstrips the 2% average pay award across the private sector. Adam at Adam Atashazi, one of the advisors given an enhanced severance package, saw his salary increase from less than 50, from less than 58,200 pounds in 2014 to 72 grand in 2015. He was also awarded an MBE in Cameron's resignation honors list. For <laughs> Amit Gill for for accepting the pay rise. Right. Okay. Amit Gill, former director of strategy, and Liz Sugg, former head of operations at Number Ten, both reportedly received pay rises of twenty three percent, sending their salaries from eighty thousand pounds in two thousand fourteen to ninety eight thousand pounds in two thousand fifteen. Oh, good. Sugg was given a life peerage after Cameron's resignation. I mean, it's just so brazen. Special advisor Kate Marley went from being on a pay band pay band one in two thousand fourteen, which is capped at fifty four thousand pounds, to earning sixty five thousand in two thousand fifteen, an increase of at least twenty percent. And it goes on and on and on, and they were all given these things afterwards. I can't be I can't bring myself to go through it. 
Um, a cabinet office spokeswoman said decisions about special advisor salaries take into account various factors, including the level of responsibility associated with a particular role and the background and experience of the individual concerned. I wish the listeners could look on Rob's face at the moment. These increases, which were agreed by the then Prime Minister, reflected changes to the scope and range of responsibility in the roles of a number of special advisors following their reappointment after the 2015 general election. This is the same Prime Minister, by the way, if, if anyone wasn't aware. That, I'm not sure this made... I think it was quite well covered. I think it's just moved into a £14 million townhouse in Holland Park, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I hope he's comfortable. Um, I hope he's comfortable. That's what I meant. Um, uh, just a comment that I did say from The Guardian, because I really liked it. It's very dated reference. I hope you'll remember it. Right. Ali 11 just says, wow, that man just doesn't give a fuck. I bet he also signed up with Britannia just before moving out of number 10 so he could get the five free CDs. No. That's such a shame you don't remember those. I mean, they were on all the time. The adverts, <laughs> if you signed up with Britannia, right. Britannia were like this The Building Society? No, no, no. Nothing to do with them. They, they, they did oh, the CD, God, the, the, yes, the, the, the music thing and you've got these free CDs. And uh, uh, A.G. Graham says he's probably using somebody else's Netflix account too. <laughs> Okay, Rob. It's time for our listener story of the week, and we have the sounds in the background of the Rambo theme tune. This is this is great. This is written by Jerry Goldsmith. It's called "It's a Long Road," and it's brilliant. Uh, this is in honour of um, well, the, you, we believe Rob and I are the first people to have predicted that George Osborne is going to return from Vietnam with a secret army to carry out a coup, a military coup against Theresa May. Mark our words. On the 30th of August, we were the first people to reveal it, and it will happen. I guarantee that. Do you, However, do you this guarantee, is... Okay. You guarantee it? I guarantee it. 100% money back guarantee. Not 100%. I'd say maybe about... I'd say 95. But as this is called The Long Road, let's take us home not much with a list of story. Not much of a guarantee, is it, Rob, if it's 95%? I think that's... I, if that was a guarantee, I'd take it. Also, can I just say, that was a seamless link I did there. Right, yeah, well, that was, can I, I think I should say that again. Gone, yeah. So this is called The Long Road. Let's take us home with a listener story. Lovely. Thanks. I felt it, it merited it. So this is the Daily Record, which I'm guessing covers uh, Sussex. It was sent in by Kyber, who's obviously been looking at different parts of the country, which we always appreciate. Thank you, Kyber. The story is by Courtney Great Rex. Hey, Courtney Great Rex. Great Rex. Great Rex. I should have the Jurassic Park theme tune. <laughs> Can I just say, I'd love it if her name was Courtney Great Rack. <laughs> Which would seem quite fitting because in the story I'm about to read. Oh, right. So, uh, this was from, this is going back a bit from, so the 20th of January 2016. Headline Domino's Pizza apologises after staff member used sex doll to display menu in shop window. So, you've got two sex doll stories this <laughs> yes, week. You've bookended them. Yeah, beginning and the end, the way it should be. Um, Carl Smith couldn't believe it it's when weird because he... I had a story about Domino's Pizza this week but I haven't read it out I didn't read it out oh really I'll read it out next week okay you don't want to give them too much coverage no exactly yeah we're not getting anything for it it's rather loud now <laughs> thank you Carl Smith couldn't believe it when he drove past the takeaway display described by the film the firm sorry not the film as a misguided marketing error <clears throat> I like that phrase, misguided marketing. Oh, sorry, I'm the misguided marketing humour. Misguided marketing humour, good episode title. Yeah. 
Domino's Pizza has apologised to customers after a staff member used a sex doll to display a menu in the shop window. It's not an accident. They had to bring the sex doll in. They had to... It wasn't the one from the bus stop, was it? No, it wasn't. This is female. Right. Have you got a picture? I have. Oh, brilliant. This, the blow, uh, blonde doll was spotted leaning on the fast food counter with a pizza brochure resting on its breasts. <laughs> right. Um, bus driver Carl Smith spotted the doll at the store in Shoreham, West Sussex at 9am yesterday. <laughs> Carl oh, Sean said, I was pulling up my bus this morning at around 9am and saw a boy looking into the window with his phone taking a picture. So I thought, what's he doing? I thought I'd go and check it out and saw that it was actually quite funny at the time, he added. I suppose with a Domino's Pizza, uh, apologised for the crew gaffe which she, she called a misguided marketing, uh, which she called misguided marketing by a member of staff. She said, we apologise to Shaw residents for any offence caused by the misguided marketing humour of our store member. Uh, the doll has been retired with immediate effect. <laughs> I mean, that implies that the doll might have worked for them in some degree. The doll has been retired. The doll has been retired with immediate effect. This is what effect. happens to Rambo, you see. She, it, it's, it's gonna, it's, 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 it might go on a rampage, this doll. Yeah, it's true. And our team member has been reprimanded. So, do you want to see a picture of the doll? There we go. She's got um, quite um, pendulous breasts. But why would they do that unless they wanted they wanted to be sacked? It is a, sorry, it is a very pink sort of Caucasian sex doll with blonde hair and, a, nurse and a, nurse, a nurse's kind of outfit. With I mean, it's not even been properly inflated, so everything's a bit saggy. And there's a, a Domino's menu resting atop her ample bosoms. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I thought she has no comments on the story, which I find quite strange. But uh, that's it. There's, uh, there's nothing else to that story. Right. All I can say is it's, uh, it's a bit of a boobery. Yeah, I'm beginning to feel a bit deflated. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's put a pin in that and, and uh, let's draw this episode to a close. Agreed. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I think we need to just wrap it up. Any more? <laughs> and then we had a story about balloons earlier with the guy with the UFOs. Hey! So it all comes together. We've all come full circle. Uh... I don't know where yeah, you I can't think of the coming Don't need to come full circle, Rob. <laughs> wait till you get home. Anyways, we, uh, we leave the uh, soothing sounds of Jerry Goldsmith's score, the brilliant score to Rambo behind. And uh, that, Rob, now means that we uh, draw this episode of Local Anesthetic to a close and we look forward to a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 189, Rob, as we move ever more forward, Rob, like... Like, um... Oh, uh, a... Like George Osborne? Yeah, making smuggling his jungle. Smuggling. How many boats do we reckon he's bringing back? 200? Yeah, I think, I think you need 200. 200 ex-Viet Cong? Well, no, I think you need enough to form a majority. Well, hang on, they can't be ex-Viet Cong. They'll all be pretty old right now. So are they kind of like their sons? And are they radicalised? And I think what he's done is he's gone down to the shooting range and tried to recruit people down there. Any, any like members of staff, people who used to work in the gift shop, that kind of thing. And they're all holed up in Notting Hill as we speak. Yeah. Just like that, we move ever more forward to episode... Uh, episode 189 and all that remains now Rob is to say goodbye to this episode goodbye episode Alex please don't keep me waiting um, but the episode's lost his voice this week Rob I should have mentioned he's quite sick oh okay so I don't need to say anything to him no, you might just want to wish him well no well, go on try fuck off thanks Rob I've lost my voice I can't really speak feeling a bit under the <laughs> It's probably all the helium you've been sucking by the sound of it. Well, it might be helium, it might be something else, you pervert. Bye. 
And uh, we can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. From there, you can download all of our episodes uh, for free, and you'll find links there to all of our other media platforms. There's also a... Just wait a second, Rob, to finish. Uh, There is a donate button in the top right-hand corner of that page where you can donate to the worthy cause that is this podcast. It'll also help the episode get better, because he is actually... I should say he is extremely unwell. Can I just say, you don't need to donate for that. Donate for other reasons. Like, I need new pants. No, Rob needs new pants. Um, if you go onto iTunes, or the, I think it's a podcast app on your iDevice, and search for LA Podcast or Local News or Alex and Rob will come up. If you go onto YouTube and search for LAPodcast.net, you'll see our videos on there. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast, and we are on Twitter at, at LA Podcast. So if you want to send us a story, post it on Facebook, tweet it to us, or you can use email at LAPodcast.net at gmail.com. That is LAPodcast.net at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Take care. And keep it local.